Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. This is episode 453. Yes, the episodes. My panel are rested. They've gobbled load of turkey or whatever, been with their family, probably really happy to be back on this panel show. Uh, um, we've got some great stories. I think it's, got a, it's going to be an interesting discussion. You will be entertained, listeners and viewers. And if you'd like to watch this live, you can go to the WP Tonic Facebook page at around 8.30 every Friday. That's 8.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And you can watch how this progressed lives, you know. So I'm going to let my co-host on my interview show introduce himself. That's Adrian. Adrian, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Hi, everybody. My name is Adrian. I'm the CEO and founder of Groundhog, and we produce marketing automation and email marketing plugins for WordPress. That's great. And I've got my friend Sally. Sally, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Uh, certainly. My name is Sally Getch. I am the organizer of the East Bay WordPress Meetup in Oakland, California. And you should come this weekend because we have Rachel Andrew talking about CSS. All right. All right. Oh, yeah, Rachel. I know Rachel from the, my early days in You England. interviewed her on the podcast. Yeah, I knew her anyway. Uh, um, John, would you like to introduce herself? John Locke. Doing SEO for manufacturing and industrial and other blue collar companies. That's great. And I've got Uncle Spencer. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm just happy you guys came on. I've been sitting here since November 13th or so, (laughs) (laughs) until the show would start again. Uh, We only missed one week. Yes. Oh, dear. Right. On to the first story. Oh, we've got a juicy one here. Got a juicy one. Black Friday banner gone wrong. Advertising in free plugins. Yes, lovely. I'm going to let Spencer start off with this. Spencer, what did you think of this juicy story? I'm caffeined up and ready to rail on Yoast. Yoast. Problem we have in the world today <laughs> is that one one tenth of one percent of the world controls all the wealth and makes all the decisions politically, even though it's financially controlled. We have a microcosm of that in the WordPress ecosystem, if you ask me, with a couple of well-known, repeatedly offensive bad actors. Now, I don't know Yoast personally, but just judging him on his actions and those of his company, his name keeps coming up on the show and not for the most altruistic of reasons. I personally think this was a big thumb in the it's, eye. It's getting worse than Otto, isn't it? It's getting more this, regular than Otto. He, he and Otto are going to get a gold plaque in the annals of hell of WordPress bad actors, because this is a thumb in the eye of anybody who has been in WordPress for the last one year, let alone 10 years, because I had a deja fucking vu, yo, is Yahoo and X site back? Am I, will flash banners start to appear in my WordPress site? Like who conceived of this? I have no idea, but the fact that they allowed it to happen leads me to believe on a personal level. He knew about it. He conceived of it. He, did. he authorized he probably it. Fought, he probably and he wanted up. to see if he could get away with it in the same way that the billionaire dumps their oil into the, you know, the... I just love the excuse. I just, 
I just love the excuse he put in for this this shit. You know, like I mean, my my, I mean, pre, my premier plugin isn't selling, uh, so this gives me the excuse. Uh, all I can put, say is the, the I, reason I, your the reason your premier uh, plugin isn't selling because it's shit, mate. That's all, all I can say is like I routinely teach people or for my own clients how to hide admin dashboard crap, and there's a variety of different good plugins that just are a little too pushy. But this was such a just, let me pull my dick out and wave it in your face move from Yoast that I think he should be punished. I really think the company yeah, should be it's punished. It's time for a little if, smack in it. From- if not in the court of public opinion, I think that the, sh- the plugin should be delisted from the repository. I really do. I mean, I, I can't imagine a little developer yeah, The, pro- the problem this. is that the people who will suffer from that are all the ones <laughs> who have it installed, many of whom are not. But who cares? Because it's a... I mean, you don't get me started on why this is a worthless piece of shit. Like it's 301 redirects that it does that breaks everybody's sites and they don't know why their permalinks aren't working. It's because Yoast has a default, like let's redirect every time you, you configure a page. There's so many things wrong with this and yet they get away with anything they want because it's Yoast. Whereas if oh, it was a little I, I'm not developer, saying that, that, you know, it wouldn't be good for people to switch plugins. I am saying that this is a plugin that is on so many sites of so many people who are not like, uh, 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 it more savvy enough to to say, oh well, let's put in you know SEO framework or something else and and turn yeah, this I, on. I, I'm simply saying two points, and I'm not disagreeing to be argumentative with you, Sally. I'm saying number one, the move they made with this plugin was such a huge and blatant violation of everything that the rules are supposed <laughs> to be that anybody else would be blackballed by Auto. Don't talk to us again. Don't show your face here again. So for that, they should have the same rules apply. Number two. The actual thing that the plugin does is fundamentally broken in the same way as the Jetpack is, but they get away with their bullshit because of the argument that so many people use it, blah, blah, blah. Number three, John and I could disagree on this maybe, but like, I don't think that what it does is necessary because it's being taken care of in a million other ways through the theme frameworks or through the other plugins. So it's just one of those things like, oh, Yoast is the godfather of SEO, so they can do what they want. And I don't care. I mean, I'm not losing sleep, but none of my clients, when they ask me, are told to use this plugin. I mostly have to remove it. But when I saw this happen, I looked and I just literally thought, how could it possibly be that this thing is going on? And that's one of the problems with WordPress right now. It's do as we say, not as we do if you're you know, big enough that we're going to get something out of you for it. And maybe that's because he worked for Automatic for five seconds. Or maybe it's because he gets away with his party time stuff. Or maybe it's because his wife is an outspoken two-faced critic about certain things and not others. But I just find this behavior to be really absurd. Like, let's all wear the same level of hat or badge. Ta-da, my rant is over. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, I'll expect yeah. some oh, nice, nice was, friendly letters from Yoast Corporation, by the way. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on these Christmas lists already, mate. Uh, um, John, what do you <laughs> Yeah, so I do agree with everything that you say, Spencer. Um, uh, before I go into my rant... I'm going to just say that it's very interesting that in the WordPress community, Yoast is is the company and the people are put on this pedestal like they're gods. Go into the SEO world and they are treated like scum. They're looked at like, I mean, not just Yoast, but some of the other people too. Uh, go in, Go on SEO Twitter and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. They're not regarded in the same way that they are in the WordPress world. Now, for all the, the Yoast stands out there, and, and even the frame hosting company who jumped in my mentions to, to after never talking to me 
um, to, to defend Yoast and all the, all the people who are jumping in the WP Tavern comment section to defend them. Um, this wasn't a mistake. This was a calculated decision. The code for this uh, banner ad was in the plugin in October. Several employees of Yoast said to the upper management, like, hey, this is a bad idea. And they decided to deploy this ad anyway. It's kind of like a politi- it's kind of like politicians who uh, you know toe the line with how much they can do. They can, you know, push, 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 push the line. And then if too many people protest, they say, oh, it was a mistake. I'm sorry. And that's exactly like what's going on here. I, I totally agree that there is a double standard. Um, you know, some, some people have argued that, you know, they give back, they contribute. A lot of people contribute to WordPress, but they don't get to do break the rules where it says a plugin shall not take over the entire site-wide admin with an ad because let me get to the next point. People say, well, it's free. They have to make money. Every plugin in the repo is free. You know, so, okay, so are we going to let every plugin in the repo have a site-wide banner ad? No, that would be ridiculous. But because it's Yoast and because they contribute, then we're going to let them get a pass. And this is just, it isn't even just this one time, this one thing. This is like the fourth or fifth thing in a series of things over the last year and a half. And it's, it's just out of control. We need to recognize that there is a double standard in it's the WordPress community. Otherwise, it's good, it's good news for me, from though. a hosting company, the same hosting company that are, you know, in, in a, a certain circle, wouldn't have jumped in. One person's never talked to me before. One person hasn't talked to me in three years, but you came in to jump into my mentions to defend Yoast. It's not even your company. The rules are the rules. We're either a community of rules or we're a community of anarchy. So if the, the WordPress community wants to give them a pass. I don't want to hear one word from anyone when every plugin, every theme in the repo has site-wide banner ads. Don't want to hear any of it. Yeah, there you go. That would any of That's it. That would any What are you writing, Sally? Well, you know, it gets to um, <clears throat> Morton's about uh, ethics and, you know, asking yourself the, the question of, you know, this thing that I'm about to do, would it, would it be good if everybody else also did it? Uh, and uh, the answer to this question is no, it would not be good if everybody else also did it. Um, and so, therefore, maybe it's not good if you do it. Yeah, but this company's really iffy, isn't it? This this face thing. Well, it's not like this is, you know, this is kind of like I am shocked to find gambling in this establishment. I, I mean, oh, this is Yoast, right? They they have put huge banners all over the WordPress admin before. And get away consistently. I wonder what he's got on Matt. I wonder what he. He must have done some real effective publicing to keep getting away with this. Uh, what do you reckon, Adrian? Um, the outrage is strong with this topic. <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> it is. See, the rest of the, the the rest of the planet is all whining about the Peloton ad, but uh, you know, in WordPress, I mean, we're, as, we're as a com- paying attention to Yoast as a commercial plugin provider. Uh, and one that is free. I can certainly understand the desire to run a site-wide ad in order to increase revenue. 
Um, and you and I were talking about this the day before. And this this isn't an excuse, but the purpose of a business is to generate revenue. And Yoast is like a one almost like a ninety nine percent free product, uh, and very little. And people very spend very little time in the actual like Yoast settings area. Uh, at least I don't spend. I have Yoast installed on my site, and I use it to do like you know the the headers and the content description and all of that good stuff. So I can certainly see the reasoning of why they would want to run that ad because even if they got like you know out of like all of the like I think almost like five hundred one star reviews that they got from running this banner ad, if they if they were to if they were able to get the same amount in sales, I mean for them looking at the bottom line, that's probably worth it. Again, that's not to say that's not to excuse the behavior or anything. And, you know, just like, you know, if we take a step back and like clear our minds of the outrage, it's like, well, what was the reasoning? Well, they have to, they're, they're a business and they have to produce money. Will they know, Will they do it again in the future? I would probably say not. I think they... No, you're on about that. That's the problem. See, um, I don't totally disagree with... I, I, I see where you're coming from, Adrian, as normal. But... That's the no. That's the problem. They 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 will consistently keep on doing this because they're not. Well, then we have choices in the community. If you're outraged about it, then don't use it. Like you have choices. Like <laughs> I, you know, I saw, I saw tons of people switching to Rank Math. I think it's called, mm-hmm. uh, and they have like a one click like migrate all of your data from Yoast thing going on. So if you're not satisfied, you know, then spend the same amount of energy you are like on Twitter yelling at Yoast about how terrible of a company they are. Spend that amount of energy and just go switch to rank math. Like, you know, you got choices. It's not like Yoast is the only choice. It's not like Google and they have a monopoly on the entire economy. Like, it's not like that. Well, yes, so, if, they, <laughs> if, they, if they start losing instead of making money from it, um, that may be... Well, they're know, not I, making money from all of the free people who are using it anyway. Yes. None of the other free plugins are either. The problem isn't what they're doing. The problem isn't the users can choose. The problem is they're they're spraying spray paint on the billboard of everybody's site in violation. Are they an SEO company? That's the problem. I see. It doesn't matter if somebody chooses or not. It's just they're they're just going in there and like, oh, we're Yoast. We can just do what we want. And then your your header of your site is going to be fourteen feet long with billboard ads from everybody because they'll be like if Yoast can do it I should do it that's where I see this shouldn't they be able to my point Spencer is shouldn't they be able to win paying clients from SEO shouldn't they be able to what if, if they, they, I mean, shouldn't they, right. If, if their product SEO offers co- value why, why are, people yeah, should pay at, people will pay for it right look at, exactly. look at yeah exactly. look at Ken, like okay so for example look at a, a company like Kinsta you're winning new customers with content marketing. You're telling me like, Yoast oh, thank you so much for mentioning the thank premier you. SEO. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that at in, all. In, in, it's in, in WordPress and, and they can't win business. Everybody well, has a business. This is the point that I made years ago and it's never been more true in this example. So years ago when I had businesses that were on freemium platforms, remember freemium, you know, just like spend a hundred million bucks. We'll figure it out later. You still kind of see a little of that today. And I come from Chicago where I'd say, look, if I opened a hot dog stand, even if I borrowed some money from my uncle Fred, if I gave away free hot dogs, I'd be out of business in three days or less because like there's nobody willing to pay for it. People saying they'll pay for a product is the number one reason why the business should exist. And if it's being subsidized by bad behavior or being, you know, put up by some other means, then it's just an artificially propped up business. And I think that this Yoast thing is just like many of the other plugins, to be quite fair, 
the ecosystem of WordPress has evolved enormously in the last 12 months and 24 months. And there are plugins there, and I have business relationships with some of their founders that used to be necessary. Some of them were caching plugins, right? You don't need that anymore in most cases because the hosting is so optimized and overdone anyway. I think Yoast should just evolve or go away. And they, if they want yeah, to... Well, I, I think that I, I personally want to... I think the fundamental problem with this, apart from the behavior and his consistent arrogance of this company's bad behavior, which is one of the reasons why Adrian has been a bit passionate because they've got a really lousy track record. Um, But the fundamental problem is that their premier plugin isn't really very good and it that it doesn't really, it's very expensive for what it offers. They, instead of, Instead of spray painting all over the WordPress dashboard, they really should look at the value they're provided in their Premier plugin and make it something more valuable. That would probably solve the problem for them to some extent. Um, but they don't seem to want to do that, maybe because it's hard work. I, I don't know. Uh, or maybe it's just easier to spray all over the dashboard. I, you know, there we go. Um I've been a bit naughty. I forgot to mention our new sponsor at the beginning of the show, but I'm going to do it now, listeners and viewers. We got is a new. Yoast? No, <laughs> I don't think that that is ever going to happen. Actually, uh, um, that, they'll be in line right after GoDaddy. Yeah, there we go. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, um, we've got a great new sponsor. That's WP Feedback. And what is WP Feedback? Well, if you, we've all been there. Uh, this endless line of email that goes back and forth with a new client about the mock-up, about your rapid development prototype website, and they just don't seem to be able to communicate to you why they're so unhappy with what you've done, even though you thought you listened consistently to them. Well, WP Feedback ends that problem, and it is a it's a sizable Wait, it, it, it teaches you you and your clients to speak the same language? Kind of, almost, because it, it does. It, they can leave little notes, little pointers all over the mock-up website, and um, they can point out all the things that need to be taken care of. And it's just fantastic. And I've got to tell you, listeners, before they became a sponsor, I actually bought bought the product and I've been using it and I've been very, very happy with it. So if that sounds really interesting, go over to wpfeedback.co and they're giving us a nice coupon code. It's WP Tonic Rocks. WP Tonic Rocks and you'll get 25% off that off all their plans. That doesn't sound a bad deal, listeners of yours, does it? And also please tell them that you heard about the offer and their product on the WP Tonic show. We are much appreciative of their support of the show. On to the next, on to the next story. Era ends for Google's founders step aside from pillar of tech. What do you reckon the Sally of this one? Uh, well, I, I just, uh, it, it seems to be a, a, a good year for founders to step down. Um, and <laughs> But uh, it, it does seem like, you know, the end of an era. And uh, it made me wonder, um, you know, to what degree uh, the founders are, are happy or not happy with 
directions that Google has been going lately, uh, or whether it is just, uh, well, we've got such enormous piles of money now that we're going to, you know, happily retire and uh, go play in the sun. It is interesting. What do you reckon, Agent? Why do you reckon, you know, it could be... I mean, it, it does look like yeah. they've been increasingly detached from Google itself. The, the conspiracy theorist in me uh, sees two options. Option A, Sally mentioned, you know, like, I'm a billionaire now. I'm going to go do billionaire things and have fun being a billionaire and frolic around the world with my big piles of money, which, I, I mean, at that point, I would be more than happy to take that opportunity. Uh the option two is there's you know some shady stuff is going down in the boardroom and they're and they're jumping shit before it hits the fan. <laughs> you know they got they got like Boston Dynamics and stuff going on now and like, oh they sold know. that didn't they they got rid of that oh did they yeah, yes they, I mean oh, I it, it does say here some had seriously hoped Sergey and Larry would step in and fix Google <laughs> instead <laughs> of writing the <laughs> sinking ship they jumped ship oh the drama. I mean, you'd think we were in WordPress land or something. <laughs> um, Uncle Spencer, you know, uh, like I could put forward all... Do you think... It, the only thing I can think of is that they sense things, you know, because of the political climate and, and just the road, just the roadmap. They can see things. They don't want endless being made to attend endless Senate meetings and being cross-examined endlessly. They thought, bugger that, we're off. Um, They're jumping ship because they know politically the weather's turning and things are going to get a bit hotter. What do you reckon? Well, the first thing you can ever do to get me animated in this discussion is to mention Boston Dynamics. That's like (laughs) guaranteed. It's like crack to crack a game. You know, the the fact that Google, with all their, you know, tentacles into everybody's personal life, was going to have robotic dogs that instead of licking John's face, were going to come and kill him and his family in their sleep because he, you know, didn't pay his Google AdSense bill or something. Um, what I see it is, is a reflection of something that I feel as a 72-year-old person. Um, at a certain age, regardless of your wealth or stature, you realize that it's like um, the CD Baby founder had uh, said this, that, you know, Derek Sivers, it's either hell yes, or I don't want to be bothered with it. And there's been some people who've written interesting articles about what it's like for a billionaire from a pocketbook perspective, you know, Bill Gates and so forth. When he's on the toilet, he's making more money than most people make in their entire career, Right. For Sergey and Larry, money is no longer a factor in their lives. So I would have to imagine whether it's this controversy or that, that they realize, look, what else could we do here except be sponges for all this drama? And I don't think they're retiring and I don't think they're going away. I just feel like they said, you know what? Like, we don't need this kind of drama in our life. Like even I feel in my own personal uh, you know, decision and I think was reflected by Derek Sibbers where... <laughs> Somebody offers me something or says, do you want to do something? I really give it two seconds. And if it's not real excitement, no. And that's probably what they're thinking. Plus, you know, add 17 zeros on the end of it. Yeah. What do you reckon, John? I, I just think they thought we, we, can, we don't want to get consistently roasted like uh, the Facebook founder. Is, is, and I just think the, the political climate is warming up for these people. What do you reckon, John? Yeah, I can't see 
uh, people walking away from the mountain of money. I mean, they're still on the board. I mean, so they're still gonna, they're still gonna get money. I mean, make no mistake, but getting out of the day today, they must see um, another business opportunity or they see trouble on the horizon. Now I know that there's been some um, union efforts, unionizing efforts at Google. So that might be part of it. Um, there's a lot of people bringing lawsuits saying that Google is a virtual monopoly when it comes to search engines. So, and I know Yelp already has an antitrust lawsuit against them, um, you know, but there's other, other lawsuits out there. So that might be part of it. Um, and I can't remember where I, I saw it. It wasn't in this article, but it was somewhere else saying that they might be, um, you know, doing what colonizers did, uh, you know, four or 500 years ago and going to developing uh, nations in the world and looking to get in and on the ground floor there. And start are, you, other- are you talking about them get, going off with Musk off to Mars or something? No, 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 no. Not not like Elon, but so, yeah, something else. I don't know. I guess I just a, a little more of the, a, out, yeah. a little more of the Cecil Rhodes. Oh, oh, Cecil Rhodes. All right. Oh, god. Yeah. I always think it's weird. Like when when people walk away from like their own company like that or step yeah. down, it's it's either because there's trouble brewing or they see a, a better business opportunity that they can. Ex- I don't want to say exploit, but. Um, another business opportunity yeah. that they want to focus their attention on. So Maybe a bit of both. Maybe they're looking at going into politics. Who knows? Good, good luck to them. That's what I'd say. You know, there we go. Well, we're going to go for our break. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be answering Yo's emails. I'm sure he's on, he's sure he's sending them to me right now. Uh, um, we'll be back a few moments, listeners of yours. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WPTonic as your trusted white-label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WPTonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WPTonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WP Tonic's white label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. We're coming back. Hope you enjoyed my new advert, listeners and viewers. We've gone a bit classical in sound. The new intro as well. Um, if you liked it, give us some feedback. If you don't, give us some feedback. It's always most welcome. Uh, um, on to the next story. Um, initial documentation for block-based WordPress themes proposed. What did you think of this one, Adrian? It's exciting. New blocks. New, new, new themes. Future is going to be awesome. And uh, I mean, I, I looked at like the structure. I'm not a theme person. I'm a plugin person. And uh, all of my development stuff is usually in the admin area or sending emails. So I'm not like super versed in the whole thing, um, but it looks great and it looks super promising and I'm excited to use it when it eventually comes out. Right. Okay. What do you reckon, Spencer? Uh, I was just discussing this this morning because the evolution of the themes... And what they do is really, I think, reach the final 
frontier before themes go away. And that is, it used to be that the theme contained a lot of markup, a lot of JavaScript and CSS and things to make things actually show up in any sensible way. And I love the fact, for those who get geeked out, that we still have the template hierarchy. You know, you can substitute in a single page for custom post type. But anybody who builds today really doesn't use any of that stuff anymore because it makes more sense to use a vanilla whiteboard theme like an Astra. It is essentially a magnetic place to hang things and draw on. Then you use a page builder framework like Elementor. Elementor is the place where you actually create all your custom templating and so forth. And so the theme is actually taking a secondary role. What is really on the, the horizon, in my opinion, is the headless WordPress, where WordPress becomes a place to put your stuff in and not necessarily through the default post editors. And then you spit it out through a variety of other means in different areas. And it's not going to be like tomorrow that that will happen, but that will be within, I'd say, the next 12 months. We've seen Gatsby and other things talking about it. For right now, though, this is a, like a Gutenberg phenomenon to me. Nobody's going to be bothered by them doing this, but it's sort of just to kind of catch up with what Elementor and Divi and so forth has been doing anyway, which is nobody but nobody is unaware of how to use those things. So that two, three weeks ago, we talked about what's wrong in the WordPress repository for themes. Oh, they're gaming the themes thing. Well, I have an idea. Let's get rid of all the themes, make the default structure block-oriented, and then people just build page builder elements that go inside there. Ta-fucking-da, problem solved. Because it's going to happen anyway. I don't see anybody with half of a brain using custom themes going forward. It's just illogical for what you can do from that because you're boxing yourself in like drawing your name in concrete instead of putting yourself into lots of Lego blocks that you can move around on, on your own. I know that, that was a little too high level, but. No, I think in many areas, you're very right. On this particular area, I think you're probably a Ron actually, Spencer. And, uh, <laughs> our, um, and I, I put these two things before I asked the other panel. Um, firstly, um, we interviewed um, Jake Goldman of 10 Up yesterday. And um, basically this headless, he seemed to indicate that he wasn't really agreed or was a big fan of this um, idea of this headless WordPress. He thinks that the idea that it can be adapted and then utilised as a kind of web um, operating system is delusionary um, to some extent. And secondly, I, um, I think the decline in themes is really a decline in a lack of understanding of who were using those themes. Um, I think your, your business owner, your DIY business type user really does need a theme with content in it because their designability. But a lot of people that were using these themes were what I would call constructors. They were contractors. They were they weren't exactly totally design professionals and they and they weren't developers, but they were um constructors. And they have turned away from your classical buying your $50, your $95 theme, because they like what you've just said, they've gone to page builders. But there's still a subsector that aren't constructors that are just your average show business owner, and they, they need content. 
Yeah, but you're missing one point, which is that the thing that these custom things do is it's a impulse buy. Going through the checkout at a supermarket, you see the wrapper on the candy bar or the, the Time magazine or Life magazine or People magazine, something magazine. You go, oh, I have to have it because Jennifer Aniston's on the cover. The difference is that the way that the thing is constructed with the traditional theme is non-extensible. A normal person cannot do anything with that other than what was written in by that person. Versus if you go to the, let's say, Elementor marketplace, right now there's plugins like Happy Elements that allows somebody to put up a site and just roll the mouse over the side and go live copy, live copy, live copy. I've seen three plugins emulate that effect right now. Very shortly, by the February of next year, you'll see dozens of other Elementor and maybe another framework themes where you can just create an entire library of themes and your customers will be able to go to that site and go, oh, live copy, either that block or that page or the whole thing and paste it on your site, which if the underlying structure, just like Legos, is just, you know, top, bottom, middle, why would anybody use a custom written theme when you could just go get the thing that looks like you want by live copying it and putting it into a framework? And then Spencer, every- I, I'm not sure you understand what the word custom means. Yes, I do. I if just think you, if, you, if, you, if you buy an existing pretty theme, it's not custom. I'm saying if you look at the themes that are pretty, they're all specialized. Here's your real estate theme. Here's your auto dealer theme. Here's your veterinarian theme. Because nobody needs a design difference. They need a functionality difference. And the repository is littered with just detrius, trash. If you go over to, to Theme Forest, you'll find actually good stuff for Envato, but it's being sold for still $39, $49, $59, and then that r- r- ridiculous... Yeah, commercial. honey, a custom theme is a theme that somebody builds specifically for a client. It, well, okay, fine. You're saying it that way, but I'm saying that the purpose is that I don't know any theme you know, implementers or people who work with clients who would spend the time to build a custom theme for a client unless it was a five and six figure contract. The, I mean, I'll grant you that the majority of people aren't doing that. And even for those clients, and I, I am in that category, we don't write custom themes. We use the extensible framework of something like Elementor on top of a core theme like Astra on top of ACF or something else. Why? Because that way we can continue extending it out and charging the client endlessly instead of going back and spending all of our days coding. And I'm not disagreeing with your fundamental distinction, but I'm saying like, this is like the wagon wheel makers of the turn of the century going, huh, those cars, those factories, nobody will ever do that. I'm going to just carve these wheels for the wagons all day long. As soon as Henry Ford automated it, the rest is history. Yeah, I see what you well, Yeah, but honey, the developers are all using frameworks and extensible things and this and that, which may, you know, will need some amount of, of code, uh, but often much less than it did. I mean, it's the no code thing we talked about. Even those who can code, I code. I'm writing plugins all the time, every day. When I'm doing it, you know what I'm writing? I'm writing concrete or masonry cement. I'm writing the stuff that fills in the space to connect two existing blocks of stuff together, whether it's a theme framework with a a page builder framework or whether it's the widgets inside. That is where the new opportunity and the very exciting opportunity lies for those with coding skills. It's that now the core stuff is ready to go off the shelf, like buying materials at Home Depot. The constructive part for custom clients is I'm not going to write the framework or the blocks. I'm going to put those things together in a way that your business needs and charge you even more than I did before because nobody else knows yet how to do that. 
And that's the exciting part about all this for those who make their living in WordPress. The more cool stuff that comes out and the new techniques, it just makes new opportunities because the other businesses see the new businesses doing it and they say, how do I get what they have? You go, oh, I'm a specialist in that. Oh, and you want marketing automation with that. You want to do SEO with that. You want to do blah, blah, blah with that. All the old techniques have been replaced by new ones and somebody has to be an expert in it. And I think it's awesome whether it goes headless or not is, you know, arguably I'd give you that it may not happen immediately, but even if it's not headless, the other thing we were talking about is input. It's unbelievably atrociously slow if you have multiple lessons, multiple posts on a regular basis to use the editor interface because it's click, 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 clicking. We've been exploring using things like Airtable where you just have a big spreadsheet and somebody on your team just writes, you know, title, content, images, you know, custom fields. And then boom, you export it over and you've got your entire management of your content in a spreadsheet, but it looks beautiful because it pours into this custom you know, Elementor-based custom template setup. Right. Um, John, I think um, on, I think me and Spencer, we're kind of agreeing in some ways, but there, there's a problem with the language because I do agree with him, but um, it's just the last, like, 10% where he says, you know, you won't need a theme. I think there's loads of people, but I do agree with Spencer that, um, because I do it myself, uh, you know, I use Astra and then I, I have a kind of child theme on top and then you use Animate or one of the page builders. What do you reckon, John? So I think really all that's really changing is the tool, the tools that we use to get there. But the segments of the market are really the same. There's the people who are like, yeah, I'm too busy. I'm running my business and I don't want to do this anyway. Can you build it for me? Or the people that are like, I have a little bit of downtime. Maybe it's the winter. Maybe it's slow right now. I have a couple of clients like that. I'll try and build it myself. They usually end up with something like a a Wix looking site. that's usually not that great. Um, And then, you know, there's people like us that build websites for people. And that's primarily where this discussion is about. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can can use Elementor or Divi or Code or ACF or whatever or, you know, Gutenberg blocks. It's all really kind of the same. You're all just using something in WordPress or a layer on top of vanilla WordPress to, you know, make that. All this really is is just saying that that WordPress, and, and I do agree that the days of themes are, are coming really close to the end. Um, but basically what it's going to turn into is something like Wix or Squarespace, where it's just drag and drop, no code, But it's not really, I I think what's a lot of us are going to find is there's still going to be people that can't do it themselves or don't want to do it themselves. Well, but there are people that want to get a result. You know, they just don't want to get something up. They actually. It doesn't matter how you get there. I mean, honestly, I mean, in in, in most cases, it doesn't matter. I mean, the thing is that I think what we're looking at is a shift of themes more, you know, back to that kind of original concept of presentational things so that, okay, maybe, and the idea with these block-based themes is, right, we have sort of same core of blocks and you can export blocks into a theme uh, and uh, so that you you have page templates built out of these collections of blocks. Uh, but, you know, your your job as a theme designer is to say, we want the blocks to have a consistent style so that your website doesn't end up looking like 
uh, you know, GeoCities or MySpace or, you know, is, is some piece of random catastrophe that you leave people the ability to, to, to customize, but you set it up so that, you know, you have default button colors or header colors or whatever, and then people can, can you know, change them to match if it's something meant for mass production, or you can keep them in the brand colors if it's something that meant for, for a client, but that you don't have a, a situation where, oh, well, if I use uh, this block library, or if I use this page builder, or if I use like, um, you know, everything is going to look different from everything else and it's going to be a random mishmash. Yeah, so basically what you're saying is WordPress is reinventing Divi, but with like less customization. Basically like set it up to where it's like all, all kind of the same, which I mean, there's definitely, um, you know, a place. I, I definitely see the advantage in having like blocks that are all standardized as far as themes. I think that is a good idea. I think that's a great idea. But I mean, this is not, it's just a different way of doing the same thing that's already here. I think I think if themes are to exist in the future, there's just going to be a style sheet that you load up and fonts, colors, uh, all of that stuff. So it's what Sally said. It remains consistent and all the blocks look more or less the same. And then there's going to be compatibility in between all of your different block plugins. The, the block apocalypse, is that what Spencer calls it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think, you know, if they do exist, it's, it's just going to be themes in terms of like a style sheet. Like when you'd go like grab a style sheet for Tumblr, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be interesting how this plays out, isn't it? Uh, um, on to the next story and probably the last thing. Um, Google Strad, is it? Stry- Stadia. Stadia. Thank like the you. plural of stadium. All right. Stadia. Date. Date. Data used used is over 100 megabytes per minute. Well, that's a fascinating. <laughs> What's that about then? Uh, let's start with Spencer. What, what do you reckon about this one? I don't know what Stadia is, but I do. Uh, I do do other things that require a lot of bandwidth. And there's a new flight simulator coming out from uh, Microsoft that's going to be essentially doing the thing that Xbox does, where it, it uses the Google Earth's data to really make the scenery live scenery from the satellite imagery, but it'll take a slice of wherever your airplane is at and, and project it to your computer streaming style rather than, as we've done in the past, downloading all the scenery. And I imagine that's going to use a similar amount of data. Now, I had written to you on this one that the problem we have is when worlds collide in our economic monopoly reality. That is to say... When I watch movies that involve terrorists, they're in a cave in some desert getting 5K video streaming to their laptop. But I'm here in Chicago, and I can't maintain 50 megabytes consistently through Comcast. So the problem is Comcast has a stranglehold on me and most people where I can't get fiber, even though I can see the interface. And yet there's services like this that not only will I have trouble doing, but... Comcast for a little Yoast type of thumb in my eye started capping me at 100 gigabytes a month unless I pay more. And I'm thinking, is this a fucking cell phone I'm using? Because the last I saw, there's a cable that's constantly streaming the electrons. Oh, yes, but but Comcast wants you to use, you know, Xfinity for your mobile too. <laughs> the point I'm making is they have 
the biggest balls of anybody because the federal regulators under that pie or whatever his name is, the FCC, who has just allowed them to do anything they want to do, have decided that we can still live in 1989, even though it's almost 2020. And then everybody's going to want to use these streaming services. And Comcast is probably counting the trillions of dollars they'll be able to surcharge people. So we need a consensus. We need an, a United States business consensus, not that dissimilar from the highways, that says, for the good of the country, we can offer jobs to people that are out of business from the factories by installing fiber everywhere. We can have businesses that do all kinds of things that are good for the environment, that connect people together. We need to get our shit together politically because we could all be living in this kind of amazing... Oh, uh, you socialist. You bloody socialist. Say, no, 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 no. The free, the free market will so... Hold on. Don't you dare use the S word. If, if we actually had I a free market for something... I am like not... Oh, God, you socialist. The free market will sort it. I'm going to mute you. It's a capitalist idea. I'm not saying any of it is paid for by anybody for free. I'm saying, just like Elon Musk, fuck you to NASA. I'm going to take your old stuff and remake it. Let the free market go. The problem is things like the FCC regulate companies from competing with Comcast. I'm not saying they should be given money to do it, but at the same time, isn't Comcast being given money to have a monopoly over these fucking 80-year-old wires? When we could all be just transmitting, you know, mesh yeah, wires. They got their business model. Stop complaining. None of this is being paid you for by the company. You were a proper capitalist because they're because they are better thieves than other people. Jonathan, you're going on about saying I'm saying socialism. That's like me calling you French. You're British for God's he's, sake. He's what? winding you up, Spencer. I know he's not winding me up. He's winding himself up because it's just flat out wrong. <laughs> I mean, this is like a capitalist opportunity that's being blocked by socialist private enterprise lobbying that's saying, no, it wouldn't be good for, you know, the United States public to have I'll anybody tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what you're saying. You, you're seeing the logical outcome of your capitalist total commitment to libertarian capitalism and what it really leads to. That's what you're saying. What are you Spencer? talking about? When I was in law school, we studied the, the, the robber barons like Carnegie. And we studied things like the Sherman and the Clayton Act that were designed after those guys had their way with the railroads to break up the lock that they had on the railroads, right? They were given the opportunity to connect the country and then they took advantage of everybody. And we saw that with the airlines in the past and the phone company in the past. And we saw it with air traffic controllers in the past. What I'm saying is there are certain infrastructure things like Comcast that could be broken up in a way to allow companies to compete for doing easy technology, could be wireless, to deliver the bandwidth we need to be living in a world where we can then consume and pay our money to buy stuff like Google. And I'm not saying we should pay for them to build it. I'm saying let them in to build it so we can choose with our wallets, which is capitalism. I'm I'm sure they'll be at the gates again. You asked me the question and you started me off first, so you just accept the answer I gave. All right, I will do. There we go. Right. <laughs> John, what do you recommend? Yeah. Hey, I, I don't know what Stadia is, but I'll just say this. This is all I got to say. Free shit for them, capitalism. <laughs> Free shit for you, socialism. That's America for you. Right. Uh, some of the top people, it's free enterprise. For the rest of us, it's right. Amazon, socialism, and Apple, right. Amazon, Google, and Apple paying effective zero tax rates on trillions of dollars of revenue. 
that's fine. That's not socialism. But us having our taxes increased and paying for it to be flushed down the toilet to, to benefit them. That's what's so retarded about this entire conversation is that if we look at the money that's being wasted, that could be spent on just basic stuff like roads and Wi-Fi. Can you imagine how amazing we could have a capitalistic setup where people could work from home and people could go where they want to go and there wouldn't be traffic and all this headaches and all this wasted energy and health problems from people sitting in cars all day long? And yet here we are talking like it's 1976 again and we're in the middle of the Middle Eastern oil embargo or something. Like people yeah, are it, must still- be lovely. it must be lovely in the Bay Area being in a two, having a a car journey that should only take you 20, 30 minutes, taking you two hours plus, and you could do all the work at home anyway, but you freaking, your corporate overseer um, insists that you've got to get in the car for two and a half freaking hours. You know. Oh, yeah, well, I, I just saw something on uh, Product Hunt about, uh, or maybe it was in the hustle uh, email that Adrian recommended to us about a, a company that's offering to uh, do your commute by helicopter. Can you imagine if if Jonathan was in three dimensions through my Stadia connection and I had like a virtual reality version? It'd be like like Princess Leia with Obi Wan Kenobi going, you know, help me, Jonathan, you're my only hope. And he just would appear in 3D in everybody's living rooms and scare their children. Oh, I'll be compared. What's the um, the bear figure? The hairy. Um, what's his Chewbacca. Name? I'll be, I'll be more Chewbacca. I'll be compared to Chewbacca, Spencer, but not Leah. Adrian, have you got anything to say about this? I mean, not really. <laughs> this is not enough to show. It's so insane, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I thought we had like a, a I thought we had a bat in Canada because you have an oligopoly. It's like Bella yeah. Rogers. Like that's, that's what Roger, Oh, what, a, what bastards Rogers are, aren't they? Every Canadian I know. Yeah, you, no. You, I you mean, only I have ha- to major, mention Rogers and they just go red in the face. Yeah, I mean, so I have Rogers <laughs> Wi Fi and uh, I have it to like my apartment building, which is built in i think the 1960s and it's like the same wire and it's never been replaced so i mean but that's like the reality of like living with that kind of infrastructure because it's all like old infrastructure where i live still but anyway i thought we had a bad but you guys just got comcast that sucks it depends but there's rarely i mean you have comcast at&t in a lot of places um and you know, I couldn't get a decent uh, landline connection from AT&T. I was not going to trust my internet to them. Uh, but there are, out where where I live, it's remote enough that there are a lot of places that Comcast doesn't even go. So you're stuck with this low DSL. Now, one town over, uh, they, they got a contract with the fiber people. Uh, because You know, they, they are an enough larger city to, to do this. So there's, you know, an experimental rollout of of fiber over in Brentwood. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's America has always suffered in this way because it's a large country. And so putting in the infrastructure is, you know, it is a very big job. Um, and because we had stuff relatively early, we have a lot of stuff that's fairly old. <laughs> but uh, it is definitely um, a monopoly. And it you took. Know, it took three years. So we have in the office I am I'm in now. We have a hundred up and a hundred down uh, with Bell Fiber Optic, uh, but it took three years to get them to put in the cables, and they had to like close down the whole street and everything in order to run all of the lines. And it is Nancy. How much is the Bell bill? 
There's two bills. Two She's just over there. It's like it's like four. It's like it's like almost a thousand dollars a month or something for this fiber optic cable that we now have, and the whole of the whole rest of the building uses it. But we're the ones stuck with the bill because like we requested it in the first place. <laughs> so it's freaking yeah, it's ridiculous. But all right, uh, um, I hope you've been entertaining listeners of yours. Um, it's all, it's on to our recommendations of the week and please panel put them into chat because it helps me um get the notes done quickly and um, um something i spoke about um when we interviewing jake um i'm gonna butcher this guy's name though arnard how do you pronounce it um adrian again this um uh giri hadas and his book winner takes all he's been um Doing various talks, and um, I listened to the book through audio book um, books a few weeks ago, and it, his basic argument, listeners and viewers, is that um, people like the founders of Google, um, Bill Gates, um, um, Mister A- Mister Amazon, who pays no fucking taxes, are, um, are, um, they wrap themselves with all the talk of um, liberalism, but at their heart is um, when you unpeel all the um, fluffy talk, um, it's a bit, and in some ways, Matt Matt, uh, um, is the kind of poster child of this. They, They talk about, you know, community and us all working together. But when you peel away all that, at their heart is just just a, a money making exercise. So it's an interesting book and it's well written. So Adrian, have you got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? I do. Uh, so I recently put together a trial for the business, and I was having trouble coming up with the email series over the 14 days that would inevitably lead to someone like upgrading from whatever their trial price was to an actual paid subscription that costs hundreds of dollars a year. Uh, So I went looking on the internet and I found someone who went through the free trials of like Shopify, MailChimp, Customer.io, and several other businesses. She went through 10 of them and compiled the onboarding series emails that she received from every single one and like broke them down in like this 106 page PDF. Uh, And I used that to help me like design uh, my process it's called the big book. Uh, it's called the big book of SaaS email examples, and it's just all of their onboarding processes and the whole day. Some of them are fourteen days, some of them are thirty days, some of them are even longer. Uh, I found the customer.io onboarding series uh, really interesting, as well as the FreshBooks one was really really cool. And I used that to help me design my trial process. So it's super cool, and it's like twenty bucks. So even if you don't find any value from it at all, which I'm, I'm sure you will, I mean, it's like not a huge expense. <laughs> Oh, right. That sounds really fascinating. Thanks for that one. Make sure it's in chat, though. Yeah. Um, S- Sally, got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? Uh, well, I would recommend that if you cannot uh, get to uh, my meetup this weekend, and if you are not somebody who is going to the event apart in San Francisco, which is why Rachel Andrew is in mm. town, um, which I'd love to go to because it has like all of the most awesome people in web design, except I can't spare a month's rent. Um <clears throat> Uh, but uh, if you are not in a position to attend either of those events, um, I would recommend that you read uh, Rachel's uh, new CSS layout book, which is on Event Apart, and they're having a sort of holiday sale offering. I'll have to get Rachel back. Maybe she'll join us on the round table. Yeah, I'll, I'll do some outreach. Rachel's a fascinating lady. Uh, um, 
right, John. John, got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? I do. This is a YouTube channel that I watch sometimes. It's called Historia Civilis. And it's this guy who breaks down historical, uh, just whole historical things, sometimes in, in multi-video series, uh, such as the Roman Empire, different eras of it, uh, the Greeks, all these different things. But it's very intriguing because uh, all this palace intrigue stuff that that seemed to go on in the ancient times still goes on today just you know history is an infinite loop to learn from the past um has our regular socialist got anything you want to recommend uncle spencer i wanted to say uh john i love that and there was a guy whose podcast his name was dan something had this huge series about the you know uh Till the Hun and then World War One. It was something Dan Carlton through Carlson's yeah. something history, which was just yeah. I couldn't stop listening to it. It was uh, and three of them, and they were enormous. But this stuff's great. I love that. Um, I have one that's interesting for anybody who wants to listen to or watch a video to learn something. It's called dkthehuman.com/slowtube. Uh, I think it only works for YouTube, but it essentially creates the ability to inject a loop into the YouTube video and adjust the speed. So if I play guitar, if you want to see how they do the lead guitar position, you can literally slow it down. You can obviously use it when you're watching my socialist training videos on launch flows. If you want to just watch me say the same thing over slowly. Oh yeah. What's this? Um, tell us about your product. Tell us a little bit about your product. You got, it works with cart flows, doesn't it? What was it about? Right. So, okay. Well again, cause I practice what I preach. Uh, I have a history of creating two other businesses like this, and I represent some of the other authors like WP Fusion and Card Flows, and you'll find my stuff on Skilljet and so forth. And I, you know, taught some of the other products like Adrian's product and so forth. The thing that was interesting is in the world we live in, where there are big blocks, there are now five or six components that are necessary for running a business. And that leaves a lot of space between because now the people who were previously doing things a different way need to know, and sometimes need little nuggets of shortcuts and so forth, how to do it the new way. And so that's essentially what it is. It's a, a goodie bag of all the best strategies, techniques, training. But, yeah, not but, haven't, you, but haven't you also got a plugin as well? Yeah. So what happens is a lot of the things that are in the no-code world still require a little knowledge that comes from my ancient language capability of speaking Latin. So I will create a plugin that is a helper plugin to fill the space between two other things. So when you're using card flows with WooCommerce, with WP Fusion, with your CRM, sometimes to make that checkout funnel work like Russell Brunson magic, you need a little helper. And then rather than making people code, I show them what to do strategy. I give them the helper plugin and they just follow step by step in one little lesson. So it's like bite-sized cooking show things, including the special tools. Well, and it's economical because... You know, I charge now 170 bucks for everything for a whole year. Just use it as you please, unlimited. And for a lot of people, just one thing would save them 200 bucks a time oh, and hassle. Ban that into chat and I'll make sure. Well, you, Jonathan, you can give me the best play. It used to be, I met you when I think you joined me over at 1WDTV where I did that before in years past. Seems, it seems a long time ago. It wasn't that long ago. I met but you it when you were 27. Yeah, there we go. When I was handsome like Adrian. And a full afro. <laughs> yeah, I'd hair, you know, and 
I was good looking, you know. There, there we go. This is what you got. This is what you got to look forward to, Adrian. So you better get on with it. Uh, Rob, we're going to round the show up now, folks. We're rambling now, but it's been a fascinating discussion. If you really want to support the show, please go to iTunes. I know it's a pain in the ass, but go over to iTunes and leave us a review. Do it now. Go to iTunes and find WP Tonic and give us a review. Have you not been entertained, listeners and viewers? We'll be back next week, folks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.